Welcome to The Real Freedom Show, where we inspire you to pursue your passion to gain time and financial freedom through opportunities in real estate. I'm your host, Mike Swenson. Let's get some real freedom together. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Real Freedom Show, talking about building wealth, gaining time and financial freedom through opportunities in real estate. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of your income, digging in a little bit deeper. We like to sometimes talk about real estate and the strategy behind that, but we have a money expert here. So we've got Chris Miles, cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor, is a leading authority teaching entrepreneurs and professionals how to get their money working for them today. And you've seen that over the years. You've had some ups and some downs. And so you really want to focus on helping people with passive income. You've been on a lot of the big shows, US News, CNN, Entrepreneurs on Fire, Bigger Pockets, and a proven reputation with your company, Money Ripples, and helping clients find fast financial results and help them increase their cash flow by $300 million over the last 13 years. So we're going to talk a lot about money and cash flow and passive income today. So Chris, we're so excited to have you. Same here, man. As my shirt says, I love passive income, you know? <laughs> Awesome. And I should mention too, you have been on our show before a little bit under two years ago. So excited to have you back. But for those folks that maybe weren't listening two years ago, that maybe don't know you, just give us a quick little intro about you and and your background leading up to kind of where you're at today. Yeah. Like you mentioned, I'm the anti-financial advisor, um, which is kind of another way of saying, uh, you know, how about stick my nose and my finger at at financial advisors for that very reason, right? but I wasn't always that way. I actually was a financial advisor at one point, but realized it just doesn't work. Um, growing up, I was actually raised by parents that taught me good values, but they didn't teach me much about money. Other than there wasn't enough of it. You know, phrases you'd hear like, we can't afford it. What do you think? Money grows on trees? I'm not made of money, you know? Those kind of things I'd be taught all the time growing up. And my dad, especially, was always teaching about how you had to you know, be cheap, save everything, because he was the cheapest guy I ever knew. I mean, just cheap, save everything. I mean, he was like Dave Ramsey's role model that he looked up to. Right. So anyways, um, so flash forward, you know, I'm in college, I want to become a business consultant. So I thought I should get real life business experience. Well, the first business that came up when I took, when I basically dropped out of college to do this, the first business that came up was being a financial advisor. And I thought, you know what, maybe this could actually be good for me personally, personally learn about money, but maybe I can even help my dad give his life back because he already had multiple heart attacks and strokes by that point. Well, anyways, I did that for several years. And then while I was doing it, my dad reached out to me and said, Chris, when are you going to become my financial advisor? And so for the first time ever in my life, he opened up his books. I got to see his financial situation. He said, Chris, I'm 61 years old. I want to get out of this job now. What do I need to do? And I looked at the money. He had you know, been max funding his 401k. He paid off all of his debt, including his house, totally debt-free. And as I looked at it, I said, Dad, listen, if you retire today, you better hope you die in five years because that's when you'll run out of money. And he said, well, that's not a good option for me. What else can I do? And I said, I don't know. You did everything right that I teach as a financial advisor. Like you're stuffing your 401ks. You've got, you know, you're, you're debt free. You're living what should be the dream. You're living actually everything that Dave Ramsey says should be the dream. And it's, it's just not enough. And, and I couldn't find anything for him. And it bugged me. It really bothered me because he was kind of my inspiration getting into that business. And yet that wasn't enough. It wasn't working, the stuff that I was teaching. And I realized when I talked to one of my friends who was a real estate investor, he said, well, Chris, how many of your clients are financially free? 
I said, well, none. I mean, they all worry about money. Even if they can retire, they still worry that they might run out of money before they die. He said, well, that's good. Well, how about this? How many of you guys as financial advisors are financially free, not off the commissions you're earning, but actually doing these mutual fund investments? And as I thought about, there's over 100 guys in my office. Some have been working there since the late 1970s, and yet none of them could quit. None of them had enough to retire. I said, well, none. There's your problem, Chris. And that got me down that journey of looking at alternative investments like doing real estate and things like that, opened up my eyes that it wasn't about accumulating money, saving up for that nest egg that so then you can live on less than the interest, right? Live on 3% a year. No, it was all about creating passive income and cash flow. And then later that, that year, I was actually able to retire myself when I was 28, almost 29 years old. Completely blew my mind that that was even possible. But again, it was, it was about flipping it and pretty much doing the opposite is what I taught as a financial advisor to become financially free. Well, it, it's so interesting because you know, I considered going into being a financial advisor right out of college too. And, Mm -hmm. and I remember working for a job, you know, similar, similarly to you, my parents raised me to get a good job, uh, put money into my 401k and you kind of just hope you have enough. And I remember because I'm a spreadsheet guy, I made my spreadsheet of, okay, if I invest this much every year, I get this amount of returns. If I maybe increase my contributions each year, we had a match and I made a spreadsheet all the way down to retirement age to see what I'd have. And it was a, it was a big number, but at the same time, I didn't really know what that would mean. That obviously, you know, meant there's a lot of assumptions that would have to happen to get there. That was before I had kids and kids are expensive. And so a lot of things changed. And so getting into real estate, yeah, I've seen a different side now where you can put money into these assets that are going to spin off cash flow. And so going back to people that do invest in a 401k or maybe want to just set it and forget it. Yeah. There's that concern as you get to the end of your life or you get to those retirement years and you have no clue what do you have. You don't know how, how, how long it's going to last you and if it's going to be enough. And as healthcare gets better and better, you might outlive your savings and you work Mm -hmm. all this time to be able to live and try to enjoy life. And then you run out of savings. That's not a life worth living down the road. It's true. It's it's such a different philosophy because I was kind of like you. I thought, you know, if I save up $2 million and then live on 3%, I can live on 60,000 a year. And 20 years ago, 5,000 a month sounded like a good, comfortable life. Now, it sounds like you're pretty much fresh out of college and broke, you know? <laughs> it's just not the same. And so imagine that. I mean, I'm 46 now, but imagine if I had been, you know, I was hoping to do that by age 40, it wouldn't have been enough. And so that 2 million would then have to grow to be at least $4 million to be able to cover a kind of a halfway decent lifestyle, you know, maybe 10,000 a month. That $4 million to make 10,000, and not even 10,000 a month, really. I mean, that's, well, I guess it is, yeah. 220,000 a year, 10,000 a month. But if I could take instead $4 million to make 400,000 a year or more, right? Four to 500,000 a year, that's a very different lifestyle. Now I don't have to save as much. I can have a million dollars and still produce at least 100,000 or so a year and accomplish the same thing. Um, and that's, and that was my epiphany. You know, in fact, I even had a, a guy recently on, um, a a client that actually, when I was last recording with you, he was just starting out as a client. He had a million bucks saved up in his 401k plan. And his financial advisor said, well, you can live on 30,000 a year as a 60 year old in California. He's like, no one could live in California on 30,000 a year, not even homeless people. And so when we got his money invested in things like not just real estate, rental properties, which he bought a few duplexes, of course. 
but then he also got into like some oil and gas investments and he got did some like apartment syndications and things like that. Eventually his million now, instead of generating 30,000 a year, is now generating 130,000 a year. It's 100,000 more, but the same money just used better. That's amazing. And fun to see when people discover real estate as a great investment. And obviously I know there's other things that you work with clients on as, uh, too. I was doing a, a class for some real estate agents on my team. And these are residential real estate agents that haven't been exposed to really a lot of investment real estate. And so I was showing them a deal calculator, um, showing them the potential cash flow, the potential returns on investment over time, as appreciation happens, as you're paying down the mortgage, all those great benefits of real yeah. estate. And he's a middle-aged guy and he's like, I'm frustrated right now. And I was like, how so? And he's like, I'm frustrated. I didn't know this 20 years ago or 25 uh -huh. years ago. He's like, they should be teaching kids this in high school instead of whatever class they have them in. Like, this is the real life stuff that matters. And if it takes you later in life to learn these lessons, it's hard to go back and get that time back. However, to your point with your client example, they can build some momentum pretty quickly when they start to do the right things that maybe they had no clue about um, until they exactly. they met with you or people like me that can show them these alternative ways to to build passive income. Exactly, it's it's just it's so mind blowing, right? I mean, just just to see that happen. And and the sad thing is, like, there should be more. I believe active real estate investors. I see a lot of those guys are flippers or wholesalers that won't buy properties. They'll just they'll keep transacting business, but they get trapped not creating passive income for themselves. And you know what? Like 2022 kicked those guys' butts big time. I mean, the the ones I saw come out of 2022 into 2023, which recovered a little bit and helped them last, they either one, they either had to have a lot of reserves and or two, they also had to have other streams of income coming in besides just the transacting of business. That's the thing. You can make tens of millions of dollars in your business. But if you don't have any passive income, you can go broke just as fast as every, you know, slave employee with a job. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of a lot of uh flipper stories where they build and scale and get bigger and they just get tired of the hamster wheel because you, yeah, you're mm -hmm. just chasing properties to put cash in your pocket, but you're not going to have that long-term gain and so the people that have probably wised up over time move from flipping to buy and hold and I can still do some flipping but I'm going to pick some properties to buy and hold and yeah have hope to see I always use the example of running into the wind versus having the wind at your back eventually yeah. you're hoping you're doing less running into the wind and you're experiencing that momentum of the wind at your back exactly that's it's so true i mean it's i remember talking with a friend where that was the case like he was transacting and he was doing great in his business um but i remember right around 2020 you know, I made a post about how one of my clients was was making about um supposed to make about eighteen thousand a month passive income. He's like, dude, how do I do that? I was like, you're in the freaking real estate space. You should know how to do this. And so after that, he started cherry picking some of his own deals. And when when the when 2022 hit, I mean his business, I mean, almost stalled completely on that side. But he started doing a, you know, he started having his own properties, had an own property management business. He started diversifying his business a little bit more. And he weathered it just fine. I mean, he was the one of the only guys I saw like later in the fourth quarter of 2022 smiling and actually relaxed where other guys were like panicking. They'd gone bald in that period of time almost, you know, like they were they were in a lot of hurt. And so it's it's a real thing. And and I think even though that was a short, you know, snafu that happened, I think it's coming back again. I think it's going to come back harder. I, I really feel like 2020 and then 2022, 
those two little weird market moments were really preparing you for something much bigger that if you don't learn from those lessons, it's going to hit you much harder. And I think really going to the end of 2023, going into 2024. Yeah. And it does speak to the value of having multiple streams of income, passive income, because you as a as an entrepreneur or you even as a person need to have the ability to ebb and flow as things change. And yeah. while I spend a lot of my time talking with people that are full-time in real estate, they even talk about, um, you know, I'm I'm doing regular multifamily, I'm doing some development, and then I'm doing, you know, some maybe some some lending opportunities. And so mm-hmm. while I'm in the real estate space, I'm diversifying within that because yeah, you you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to get disrupted. You don't know how much the economy is going to change things. So having like a three-legged stool where you've got a few different legs to stand on should one of them get pulled away or or have a challenging time, it, it allows you to be more flexible and to move with it. Talk a little bit about, so people come to you and they're like, Chris, I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> or Chris, I need help. What are some of those basic steps for people that are listening right now? Questions that they should be asking themselves to kind of self-reflect on what they can do to increase or improve on their financial futures here. Yeah. The, the first advice I usually give is, is get lean, get liquid and get out. Um, and I mentioned that even like back, you know, a few years ago too, but it, it's still true today is, you know, find ways to get lean. If you're a business owner, find that in your business, become profitable and then take those profits home. And same thing at home, make sure you're profitable there. Like make sure you're only spending on things that really are actually adding value into your life. Don't waste money on subscriptions that you're not using. Don't waste your money on eating out too much or whatever, or just blowing it because you're not even tracking your money. If you just track your money on a weekly basis, I promise you that you will find more money. It's just always the way it happens, right? When you start to pay attention to something, it gets better, right? It's it's like that in business. When you start paying attention to your statistics in your business, you'll find out that your sales improve and your profits improve and things like that. Same thing here is start to really track your money, get lean, make sure that you're not living on rice and beans, but make sure you're being wise with your money, being a wise steward. Then get liquid. Make sure you have the liquidity of your money too. Don't trap it in equity in your properties, you know, where you're just trying to pay off that mortgage, so to speak, right? Because again, I did that in the last recession. And then when I wanted to get that equity back out, I couldn't because the banks wouldn't let me, right? Keep that money more in your possession. You know, get your money away from stupid IRAs and 401ks and retirement plans that lock your money away. And then they slap you with a 10% penalty for touching your own money. That's ridiculous. You know, stay out of those vehicles, get your money liquid. And then focus on getting it out to create passive income, right? Get into those investments that do generate those streams of income so that it does create that safety. You know, it creates that freedom for you, which is the whole purpose of this podcast, right? Is create that real freedom in your life. And that's what you need. You need to do those three things and really in that order to do it. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it looks like it might take some time for you to build that momentum, but it's mm-hmm. all about how you you got to get started to do it. And and while some people, we hear these stories of people that have come on and they own hundreds or thousands of units and have millions of dollars in passive income, it starts with one property. It starts with one decision. Well, probably, yeah, it, it really starts with the decision to move your investments into something that can produce passive income. But what are some ideas that you have or some tips that you have in terms of for somebody that maybe has had a, a, a tough financial time right now, they're looking to build some momentum, 
they're mm. analyzing their budget and now they're figuring, okay, I want to try to put my stuff into something that's going to be passive. What are some investments or some ideas or some options for them? Yeah, it depends on where you're at. I mean, if you're just starting and maybe got your first 10,000 bucks, don't do anything. <laughs> just keep saving, right? Mm-hmm. Until you get at least a minimum, in my opinion, at least a hundred thousand bucks. Really don't even try to figure out that question right now. I think one of the things you need to make sure you have is I talk about being liquid, not just being liquid because you have money to get out and invest, but be liquid from an emergency standpoint too. Um, and one of the ways I do, and like, so for example, like my wife and I, we decided to increase our emergency reserves over the last few years up to 12 months of expenses. You know, and we even did that very liberally on our expenses. So we wanted $300,000 sitting in cash. Now that might frustrate somebody saying, wait, you could be making more money. In fact, I thought that because we had all 300,000 just sitting in the bank, right? Earning point nothing percent. And then we get tax on point nothing percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, my credit union pays 0.1%. So that 300,000 would make $300 a year. And then you get tax on it. So really you walk away with 200 bucks a year. Yep. So I made a deal with my wife. I says, let's instead diversify the savings a little bit more. And so what we did is actually, I, I used my, my own life insurance policy, my whole life insurance policy, the infinite banking, if you've heard that re- reference before. Um, I now have earmarked about a quarter million of that 300,000 in that policy. Why? Because I'm earning about 5% a year tax-free. So that means instead of making 200 bucks a year after taxes, just that quarter million is making 12,500 tax-free. And then, yeah, I'm making my 50 bucks a year in the in the bank savings account for that quick, easy money. So the money that I, I don't need in like the next week, I keep that in the life insurance for the week long of expenses or whatever I might need. I keep that in the bank. Mm-hmm. And that's how I kind of diversify my savings a little bit more. Um, and then from there, if you got more money, where can you invest, right? Um, lately, um, although I think properties are great overall, I think the safer way to go, the safer um longer term, better returning investments are still buying properties, you know, like buying those rentals, those long-term rentals. Um, and, and that's great. You know, if you can do that right now, I know if you try to buy it with leverage, if you try to buy it with a mortgage on it, your cash and cash returns might be not very impressive. Mm-hmm. One thing I would say is definitely don't buy a property that's negative cash flow right now to justify saying, well, you know, even if it's breaking even or negative cash flow, it'll appreciate. I would not bank on that right now. That's the mistake I made in the last recession. And I kind of foresee there might be some crazy things happening with values in the next recession too. I wouldn't bank on appreciation. I would look at that as gravy, like the cherry on the top, right? Really focus on profit. So most of my clients lately, although some are still buying some turnkey properties because they are safer, I think lesser risk than some other strategies, a lot of them are starting to invest with other investors. So they're starting to either lend their money to investors to earn you know, 10 plus rates of return that way, um, other things that might be doing is going to projects, not so much the apartment syndications that's been pretty much been beat up and still being beat up right now. But, um, but you know, sometimes self-storage might be a place, but, um, a lot of people are just really going for that short, you know, the short-term lending or longer-term lending funds that are more going out to investors. Um, oil and gas has actually been a really good one in the last few years, um, for all of us. And then that's even with oil prices being lower, you can actually make money on the lease of the land and get paid on the royalties of the drilling that they do with both gas, the oil, as well as the natural gas, which is a clean energy that comes from that. Mm-hmm. So that's been good. Um, I actually just, and since the last time we spoke, got into a partnership of doing raw land. I mean, I had a, about a quarter million invested that's now doing 7,500 a month and growing right now. So there's still a lot of opportunity in the real estate space. It just it just de- depends on really what your target is, what your goals are. Are you going for cash flow or growth? 
I think there's still plenty of opportunities you can be doing with your money right now. Real estate agents, are you tired of letting the busyness of your real estate business get in the way of your real estate investing goals and your financial future? I'm excited to announce that we've created the Real Freedom Investor Agent Tribe to help you. We've got a ton of content, educational tools to help accelerate your learning curve and get you on the right path to hit your investing goals. We also have a mastermind tribe of people just like you, agents that want to grow their own portfolio and encourage you and cheer you on along the way, as well as some private one-on-one coaching. So go to realfreedom.com, click on the store. You'll see the options there. We're so excited to be able to help you. I've priced it super low, so price can't get in the way, but did want to have some skin in the game for you to help with that accountability. So go check it out, realfreedom.com. Click on the store. We're excited to connect with you and excited for you to connect with your tribe of real estate agents, investing, trying to build their financial freedom. Well, and I I love leaning towards cash flowing assets. I've always been a believer of that because it's hard when you see places in in California or you know the coasts where you've got a lot of appreciation happening, but it's tough when the market changes. Even now we're seeing a push on prices because with the interest rates going up, people just can't afford that same same property and on the investment side, you can't get it to cash flow the same way with the higher interest rates. And so mm-hmm. that challenge is pushing downward pressure onto the prices. And so days on market is going up. And so we're seeing that more and more and more. And so the more you can find cash flowing properties, you're going to weather that storm. And yeah, just treat appreciation like gravy on top. It may mm-hmm. shortchange you in the future if you're not getting as much appreciation as some of those other markets, but you're insulating yourself from the market in a couple of different ways. And so the other thing that I was going to mention too that you had pointed out is, you know, yeah, you don't have to buy one property yourself. I hear so many people, well, I, don't ha- I don't have enough saved up to be able to buy a property or a multifamily property. That's the right. beauty of working with other investors, um, pooling your money together, doing syndications. It doesn't have to be large deals, but doing smaller deals or finding other ways to invest with people. I just want to help people put deals together and meet the goals that they have. And so there's a lot of different ways that you can invest in real estate without, hey, I have to, thinking I have to buy one property myself and save up enough money until I can do that one thing. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of it, right? Like you don't have to be a, a rich millionaire or billionaire to do this stuff. Because uh, like, like for example, I mentioned like oil and gas. Well, they're securing a $125 million purchase with one of their projects, the largest project they've ever done. In fact, it literally, after 30 plus years of them doing the business, it doubles their portfolio. That's just how big of a deal it is. Now, trying to take down $125 million by yourself is pretty much impossible for anybody who probably listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they came in and said, well, this syndication, we're going to let people buy in, minimum $250,000. And I tell you, I had a lot of clients saying, oh, couldn't we do less, please? Like, let me get in. Could I do $100,000 or $50,000? Well, they finally got the deal done. Everything was done. But they had another $7 million they still had out that you could buy interest in. And they said, you know what? We'll let people pull in with an extra and different LLC. You can do a 50,000 minimum now. And now all of a sudden money's going like going in, right? Because mm-hmm. those people want to be in. I mean, how awesome is it? You can get a piece of a $125 million pie with maybe 50,000 bucks. I mean, that's that's the beauty of what you can do in alternative investment space that is like mutual funds, right? Why people like mutual funds because you buy a small piece of the pie, but you actually have real ownership. You actually have a real tangible asset that is cash flowing versus gambling your money in something that you have no clue what's going to happen because it's somebody just buying and trading different 
companies inside of it and you Mm -hmm. own virtually nothing. So you have no influence, no say in the matter. You're not even a partner. You are literally just a gambler riding waves. So much better when you're an alternative investment space this way. Yeah, that's the thing that I I talk about as as well with investors because, yeah, you're right. If some idiot C-level employee does something stupid with the stock, (laughs) everybody suffers. And so you don't have control of that in real estate and with some of these other alternative assets, you have more control over what you want to see happen with it and what you're going to do with it versus, hey, I really might like that company because it's popular right now. And then some some idiot does something and the stock tank, the stock price tanks and your stuff holding the bag there. So for people that want to learn more about money ripples, working with you and really helping to unlock some opportunity within their current financial lives, how can they do so? Yeah, you can always visit our website, moneyripples.com. That's great. Lots of great information on there. And then also you, we got our podcast, the Money Ripples podcast that's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever you, you find podcasts, as well as our Money Ripples YouTube channel. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for coming on and sharing. A lot of people have had a lot of great experiences working with you and freed up a lot of money. And and yeah, just your your testimony to hear the story of you know going from thirty thousand dollars a a year to what was it one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year yeah. um, with a million dollars. That's that's amazing. And so just being able to show them different ways. And I know a lot of people aren't financially minded, and that's what scares people is they're like, well, I don't really know what to do. And so they want somebody to help them and somebody like you can come alongside and explain things and show them, here's a different way. You can have a significantly different difference in your future by doing these few key things versus what you were taught to do growing up. Yeah, exactly. That's why I came out of retirement, right? It's like that ripple effect you create in people's lives. I mean, it's just, that's my reward, right? That's the thing that I really get out of it because I can retire and just be fine because I've done it twice. But, uh, but man... Be able to see that those people's lives change and that ripple effect you create in people's lives. I think every investor, whatever that capacity is, that's the focus you should be. It's not just getting yourself out of the rat race. It's going beyond that, which is what can I do to further bless more lives? Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris. And for those listening, go check out his stuff. And uh, we look forward to having you on an episode again in the future as well. 